turn my microphone on here. Can you guys hear me okay? A little soft maybe, that's okay, I'll just talk louder. Good morning, as Zach just said, my name is Cam Newman, I'm an elder associate pastor here at Catalyst, and we want to welcome you here today to hear a message, welcome you to the fellowship and the worship that we've had so far. As you can tell, not everything is pre-scripted out, um, we are actually real people, we mess up, and it, but if we let our fears, if we take counsel from our fears, then we will never even attempt to do things, let alone succeed. And after I finish going through my introduction, uh, you'll see that this message today is about not fearing. It's about not taking counsel of your fears and pressing on in faith. So if you guys have a bulletin, I don't actually have one right in front of me here. I'll, I'll steal this one here that is occupying an empty seat. If you guys will open up your bulletins with me, you're going to see a few different things. You're going to see... Maybe it's not in this one. I guess it's not in this one. I've, we got a new one. First of all, you're going to see a connection card. And we want your connection card. This is from Ecclesiastes 10. No wonder it was sitting there in an empty seat. You're going to see a connection card. And we really want you guys to fill these out, okay? This, this is a, a document that you can put your prayers on. You can put your struggles on. You can put your interests on here. And I'm going to be asking you guys some questions throughout the sermon today that I would really enjoy a response to. And believe it or not, each and every one of these gets prayed over and reviewed by our leadership staff every week. But if you open up your bulletins with me, you're going to see some highlights. It's going to talk about some groups. And then you're going to see a connect page that talks about even more groups. It has all the information in there. And if you flip it over, you're going to see the kids' corner, which is something that's, that's amazing. Uh, my children like to draw on Born Again Bob. Sometimes he's a rapper. Sometimes he is a death metal person with a long beard. Not saying Pastor Zach is a death metal person, but he does enjoy his Leonard Skinnerd. So we encourage you guys to go through it, your, uh, your bulletins and fill them out as much as you possibly can. And if you have questions about it, please let me know after the service is over. So I want you guys to get your Bibles out because you're going to be in them today. If you need a Bible or a connection card or a bulletin, please raise your hand now and someone will bring one to you. We'll take just a few minutes. Those of you who already have your Bibles, we are going to be in Ecclesiastes 11 today. Anybody else besides Chance need a Bible? Ah, there's a couple, couple ladies in the back. Now, I want to take this moment. We, we pray a lot here at Catalyst, and there's a reason for that, because we know that we can do nothing by our own strength and through our own strength. And it's only by petitioning our Father in Heaven that He gives us the power, the endurance, to press through each and every day. So... Father God, we come before you today and we, we just want to tell you how much we adore you, how great you are, that you are willing to pay attention to each and every one of us, that you know us, that you have taken the time to be involved with each and every one of us. Lord, we know that there are sins in our lives that we have 
conveniently forgotten about that we have pushed aside to the corners of our mind. And before we hear your message today, we want to confess those in our hearts, Lord, to you right now. We confess those things that we, we consider so insignificant that they are just miles and miles between us. But Lord, you don't keep track of the things that we confess to you. When we confess them to you, it is as if it never happened. And so, Lord, we ask that you forgive our sins. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are. And we ask for the courage to move forward today, to hear some hard things, to understand difficult things that you have put in your word that you would open our eyes to see the truth that you have plainly laid out before us and that you would open our ears to hear wise words of your children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So now that we're coming to the end of our study in Ecclesiastes, don't worry, we have one more week left in Ecclesiastes. This isn't the, the final week, but we've covered quite a few things. We've listened to Pastor Zach as he's walked us through the words of Solomon, the struggles, how he found vanity in every walk of life. He struggled. He found vanity or momentary pleasures in all things, striving after the wind with nothing to be gained in life under the sun. Now, he said that life is meaningless. It's it's empty. We experienced a marked shift in perspective as Solomon transitioned from telling us how bad things were to some wisdom in the form of Proverbs in chapter 7, the last time that I spoke. We began to unpack that, and in, in a few in the past few weeks, uh, we've we begun seeing a little bit further down the road in what wisdom looks like. Remember the uh, Wisdom is the ability to stand a little bit higher and to see a little bit further down the road. Not trading long-term goals for short-term profit or short-term gain. Well, in chapter 11, we continue uh, in finding wisdom and value and life under the sun. Now, before I go on, I do want to say thank you to all of you who provide feedback on our sermons, the way that we speak, uh, the way that I spoke last time. I really appreciate it. And ultimately, I want you all to hear me in this. Our number one goal here at Catalyst is to connect you with Scripture. If just one of you remembers something about the sermons that we prepare, then it was worth it, and we would do it all over again. Really, in obedience to God, regardless if, uh, if there was something positive to say or not. Now, I want you to have your connection cards ready, like I said before I started, that I will be asking you some questions throughout the sermon. And if any of you have questions about what we're talking about here today, or there is any confusion, um, we don't let the spirit of confusion reign here at Catalyst. I want you to ask me. I request that you would email me or text me or call me or however that looks for you. But we need to talk about anything that you have questions of. Now, who here has been afraid? Right? Everybody. Everybody should raise your hand. Let me rephrase this. Who here has been so afraid that you were paralyzed in your fear, that you literally could not make a decision? It's happened quite a bit in the last year, right? 
But even before that, I would do things or say things or back myself into a corner where I was required to do something that I was afraid to do and literally could not make a choice or a decision, let alone seek out wise counsel or do the things that God has asked us to do. Who's been driven to anger and frustration by your fear? Me too. (laughs) Me too. All right? So I think that our church is affected by this in many ways. I think most churches are affected by this. And if there's not, then they're probably not speaking truly to themselves. Sometimes at church, we are so afraid to change things. We're so afraid it's going to affect attendance or afraid it's going to affect giving or it's going to hurt this group or this person that we will choose not to say things, not to do things. And because of that, we miss opportunities for evangelism. I think that if Jesus were to walk through the doors of our church, oh, I think about that all the time. Like, what if, what if he would, I'm sure there's a lot that he would tell us. <laughs> but I think the first thing he would tell us is, don't be afraid. Don't worry about what's going to happen five minutes from now or ten minutes from now or tomorrow or next year. He would remind us that that's foolish speaking. That's taking counsel of our fears. And he would remind us that really what our job is to love others as he has loved us. So how could we possibly miss an opportunity, any opportunity, to bring the love of Jesus Christ to those around us? Now Ecclesiastes 11 begins to address some of the fears in these verses. And I want to read to you. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Now, the first image that comes to mind when I read that Verse 1, cast your bread upon the waters, is when I was a child growing up in Oregon. My mom would take my, me and my cousins down to the banks of Riverside Park where they had ducks and geese, and we would stop by the old Wonder Bread, you know, the, the discount bread shop, and we would throw out all kinds of bread onto the water, and it would get soggy, and the ducks would gobble it up. Now, I don't think that Solomon is talking about soggy bread here, okay, and feeding ducks. But are we really talking about that? I don't think so. I think we're talking about agriculture. I think that the word bread is used, well, I know that the word bread is used in other passages in Scripture as bread corn or wheat. It can be used to eat or you can cast it out. You can sow it into a field. And after a time, it will bring forth a harvest. Now, we're talking about farming, but we're not talking about just any farmer in this passage because Further down, we see in verse 4, he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clods will not reap. That's what I'd call a fair-weather farmer. You see, he is so concerned with his crop failing if he doesn't sow it at the correct time with the correct measures in place with the right amount of sunlight and the right amount of moisture that he will never actually sow his crop. Solomon is asking us why we are afraid. So, what do we do? Well, we take some risks. One of my biggest fears 
has always been as a provider for my family. Men, can we agree? Providing for your family, am I going to be able to afford to buy the things that we need to buy next month? Am I going to make my house payment? Do we have enough, and will we have enough to eat? Those are things that occupy my thoughts often. Now, judging by my waistline, the answer is we have enough. <laughs> we will have enough. God has provided, and not just provided, but provided abundantly. But is God asking me to just be a provider? Is he only asking me to provide for the people in my home? I don't think so. I think he's asking me to cast my seed corn out, my livelihood, into ventures where I can't see a return right away. Like a farmer who sows his last bit of seed into the marshy field, the return is not immediate. But when it happens, it will be far greater than the original investment. Now, when we talk in terms of investment, the first thing that, that, that brought up to my mind was um, the first piece of advice that you'll hear a stockbroker give you if you go to him with money to invest. What will he say about diversifying? Right? Don't put all of your money, all of your investment into one company, into one venture, because there's a huge chance of failure in that. He'll go and he'll say, diversify your portfolio. Right? Spread your seed into a multiple of ventures so that one may return at a later date when you need it. So what do we do? So we, we sow. We sow into the people around us. Remember in verse 2, give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. Give freely. Give to as many as are able. Give, though it may seem thrown away or lost. And sometimes what you give will be thrown away or lost, but it's not lost on our Heavenly Father. The day may be near when you need the people that you have given to, the help to those of whom you have bound to you through your kindnesses. Kindness and generosity are also rare currencies that have the peculiar effect of building us up the more we give. Is that not true? Do you, John, you've talked about it before. <laughs> I hate keep putting you on spot sermon after sermon, but John has made the statement that we're supposed to serve others and love others as Jesus has loved us, and he loves himself an awful lot, so he goes out of his way to love on other people. I love that attitude. That statement just speaks to me. And you know what? He walks away from those opportunities to serve and, and love on other people with a full heart. His cup is overflowing, and he comes back, and he fills others and continues that process. Thank you, John, for your example to us. Now, connection card time. What are two ways that you can sow into the kingdom? I'll give you a moment as I fill out my card. Yeah, you can do it on the back if you want. You can be as specific or as generic as you want. Verse 3, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there will it lie. Now, at first, when I read this, I think like, c'est la vie, what will be, will be. But that's not necessarily the attitude that 
I believe God wants us to have in this. He doesn't want us to just say, well, you know what, it's fate. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I think that we should learn from even God's lifeless creations. Clouds do not store up water. They release it until they have been poured out. They do not pick and choose where to deliver water. They give to a fruitful field and barren wilderness alike. We also remember that we can't control everything. We almost can't control anything, if you really think about it. Wherever a tree will fall, there will it lie, unless it was taken with a chainsaw. <laughs> unless it was taken with a chainsaw, I really have no input on where a tree is going to fall. I can't control when Jesus is going to call me home, but I know he's going to call me home. We don't know which direction a tree is going to fall, but we know that trees will fall. I know that when I am called home, when I'm called to fall, I want to fall closer to Jesus than not. So take risks. Be bold in your sowing, and don't be overly concerned with the things that you can't control. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Now remember that fair weather farmer that we talked about just a few minutes ago? If we wait for the perfect time for everything, then nothing will ever happen. Now he goes on to say in verse 5 that as you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the, woman, in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Now, we know a lot of things, don't we? We've come a long way. <laughs> but Solomon says, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. As advanced as we are in medicine, new breakthroughs happen almost daily. There are so many things that we still don't know. Now, don't pretend that you know, and I'm guilty of that sometimes. Hey, do you know about this new thing coming out? Oh, yeah, I know all about it. Google, right? Google knows. Don't try to be someone who has to know everything. You don't have to be the expert on everything. God does. God is. So go, and instead of trying to take control and play God, take whatever risks are necessary while trusting God through it all. Now, what are some things that we try to control? What are some things that we try to control? Time, money, our lives, whew. Others, oh my goodness. We could fill up the rest of the hour talking about the things that we can't control. So what do we do? Do we just give up? <laughs> do we call it a day and just say, nope, can't control everything. We're going to walk out of here and just, you know, Jesus take the wheel. That's it. Well, Solomon gives us some real wisdom here in verse 6. He says, in the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Solomon is speaking with instruction here, isn't he? He's telling us to be filled with action. He says, well, I say, if I want to sit in my house and wait to mow my yard until it's cooler outside, I'm not going to have a yard. I'm going to have a jungle, right? And it's never going to be really comfortable outside. I'll mow probably three times a year because we don't really mow in the winter here. A skilled soccer player will never win a game if they don't shoot for the goal. And Jeremy you're going to miss 100% of every evangelism opportunity if you don't open your mouth and proclaim the truth of Christ in everything you do. 
So go and sow. Verse 7 to 9. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. But know that all these things God will bring you into judgment. Solomon keeps coming back to the statement to go and enjoy your life. Now, in the context of chapter 11, I think this enjoyment of life is linked to risk-taking. He tells us that the journey to a fulfilling life is the willingness to live a life of faith, not fear. Living a life of faith is filled with adventure, wouldn't you say? Now, we had the opportunity to visit, my family and I, Disney back in April. And for my kids, it was their first experience with Space Mountain. And we got into this little car, and you get whipped back and forth and up and down. You go into this huge cavern, and, and it's, it's amazing. You go backwards, forwards, in complete darkness. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> to me, it was terrifying. Isaac and Lana, they would proclaim that it is God's best roller coaster. The best roller coaster he's ever made. It was amazing. I screamed through the whole thing. And when I walked out of there, my heart was beating fast and I felt exhilarated, like I just did something amazing. But I didn't really do anything. I sat there and was scared the whole time. Why did I feel like that? Well, because it was filled with surprises. And it felt like a risk, but a limited risk, because I knew that we were on rails and, uh, you know, prayerfully the, the accident reports from Disney are true and there hasn't been anybody killed in a long time. Now, living a life of faith, I'm telling you, living a life of faith is filled with white-knuckled, scream-filled adventure. But it will take you to places that you've never been. If Solomon were here, because I like to use metaphors like that, like if Jesus walked through the doors, if Solomon were here, if he were sitting right here, and I said, Solomon... What's some advice you could give us right now in chapter 11? What was the heart behind it? He'd say, cast your bread upon the waters. Don't be filled with fear. Fear means needing to know everything. Fear prevents you from taking risks. Fear tells you that you always have to be in control. Fear tells you to only depend on yourself. I think of Deuteronomy the Israelites wandering through the wilderness from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea. Deuteronomy 1.20 says, And I say to you, you have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go, take possession, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has told you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Now, we'll continue this. Do you remember what happened? They scouted and they came back and they were afraid at what they saw. There was the land of milk and honey, but it was filled with people that were bigger than they were, that were more aggressive, even though God had assured them that this is your land, go and take it. They came back and were filled with fear. They had to know everything. They didn't want to take a risk. They had to be in control. 
They couldn't depend on the word of God. They did not abide in faith. The whole of Israel retreated in fear. God is heartbroken that day. He's angry that day. None besides Caleb and Joshua would enter the promised land because of that. A whole generation wasted. So cast your bread and take some risks. It is better for us to lose our lives than to waste it. Now, I will be clear at this moment in time that Solomon is not saying to be foolhardy. He's not calling us to be foolish or reckless, not by any means. Solomon is addressing the heart of faithlessness, the inherent temptation to want to play God, to be faithless in our ventures. Now, those of you who have talked theology with Zachariah, you know that that we love Charles Spurgeon. We're quoting him. Some of us are trying to grow a little facial hair like he did. He was brilliant. He was an orator of rare skill. We were talking about him just before service. But most of all, he had a mind for Christ. I wish I could quote his entire sermon, but we'd be here for hours. In the context of risk, I pulled this out of one of his sermons. To risk all with Jesus is to end all risk. I love that. So what kind of risk should I be taking? What kind of risk can I take today? What kind of risk can you take today? I'll give one that's near and dear to us all. Evangelism. Who is afraid of evangelism? I am sometimes. There is a social risk in sharing the gospel. Jeremy, this part's for you. Possible embarrassment, credibility, they might even call you crazy. Are you waiting for the perfect moment? This part's not for Jeremy, it's for all of us. Are we waiting for the perfect moment? Solomon says to go and cast, because after many days you may find it. We have been commanded to witness the nations. Do you play it safe at home? Do you play it safe at work? Are you truly being an ambassador for Christ? And for those of us who know what ambassadors do, what kind of ambassador doesn't talk about their own country? Be willing to cast that gospel seed. Represent your kingdom well. I pray all of us will take more risks to share the gospel. I pray that in myself, that I won't be frustrated because of something that I made up in my mind so I'm fearful or angry about and I miss an opportunity to to pray with somebody at the grocery store because they're clearly having a bad day. That I won't stop and take five minutes with my own children in the morning as they prepare for school and pray with them and pray over their schoolmates. That I won't pull my wife aside before she leaves the house to go and do something and pray a safe travel. To pray that she is a good witness to the people around her as she goes about her day. I pray all of us take more risks to share the gospel. There's a poem by Robert Frost that I've loved since I was a kid. And I want to read the last part of it. It's the road less traveled for for those of you who are interested in things like that. The poem goes like this. The last part of it anyway. I should be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. 
Now, it didn't quite say what I wanted to say, so I took the liberty of rewriting it. I shall be telling this from on high, across heaven, ages and ages hence. Two paths diverged on earth, and I, I took the risk to follow Christ, and he has made all the difference. What will you risk for Christ? Will you risk your credibility for him? Will you risk your time? Will you be bold and cast your bread upon the water and sow generously? Will you commit to a life of faith instead of a life filled with fear and faithlessness? Now, I really sped through the sermon today. And that's okay. I've said what God wanted me to tell you. We're going to pray in a few minutes. The worship team is going to come. And there's going to be a few people up here who are going to pray with you, should you desire. I would urge you that you would not waste another moment of fear. That you would not waste another moment of faithlessness. Don't let another day, minute, second go by without telling Jesus Christ where he belongs in your life. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not even guaranteed five minutes from now. Let's not waste any moment that we have. Let's not waste a single moment without Jesus in our lives. Now, I prayed this prayer the last time we were together, but I have this. We need to say it again. Would you please rise, please, to everyone stand up. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer corporately. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father God, we belong to you. You who created the heavens and the earth and the stars in the sky, creator of all things. You knew us before we were formed and you knit us in our mother's womb. You saw us as we are you saw us as we were, and you see us how we will be. Perfected, shining in the light of your glory. Father, give us courage. Give us a boldness to speak your word, to go forth and conquer in your name. Lord, we want to conquer fear. We want to conquer doubt. God, be Lord over our unfaithfulness. Lord, give us strength. But most of all, God, be with us. Like you've said that you already are. Lord, we love you. And we can't wait to see how you continue to move in our lives. 
We've seen that things won't always go our way, but I've seen, God, I've seen you move in some ways that I thought there is no way that this could happen. There is no way that, that I would be blessed like this, and I have been. I've seen you heal that which we thought couldn't be healed. I've seen families that were torn apart, that were made whole. Lord, I've seen, I've seen families let their sons go because it was time. We praise you, Father. We lift you up. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.